God doesn't care about like what you're gonna eat for breakfast. Like God doesn't care about all these. Like no, I think He actually does care. Like I think God cares about all the extremely minute details in our life, and like you can tell because of like how detailed He's made everything. Like like leaves, like how like detailed and colorful and like like it's just not He like He is a God of like small details. I mean snow. Hey guys, welcome back to Keyword at 99 here uh, with another podcast and a special guest, uh, Sherry, is with me today. And we'll be talking about um, how to make God the center of your life. Um, I'm wearing the same thing as the last episode because it's the same day. It's actually right after, so um, busy day. But thank you, Sherry, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Isaiah. We appreciate it a lot. Um, just like get, get right into the topic. Um, so obviously we're both Coptic Orthodox Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we both believe that God exists. God is, you know, Jesus, salvation, everything. Um, so as, you know, as Coptic Orthodox Christians in America or in the diaspora, as people would call mm. it, um, we're not really surrounded with, um, Coptic Orthodoxy as much as you know, people in Egypt are. Mm. I still feel like we are to, to, to a large extent. I mean, we do have a lot of Coptic people around us, spend a lot of time in the church, but, um, it obviously it makes it a little bit harder uh, to really be invested fully in God. Um, yeah. So, like, what are your thoughts on you know the challenges that arise with being in a Western world uh, mm. as a Catholic Christian? Um, it's funny because I actually think about this a lot because um, I feel like there's a really big disparity, like. Um, like, for example, when you go to the monastery and you take, like, a monastery trip for a week and you're, like, so, like, spiritually high and yeah. you're, like, oh, I want to live with God all the time. And then you go back to the world and it's, like, it feels like a completely different, like, life. Um, so I, I definitely agree. Like, I think it's hard. But I think, like, what helps me is, like, the little things. Like, for me... The way that, like, I try to stay spiritual in the world and, like, in my day-to-day life when there's, like, so much secular around me um, is, like, little practices that I incorporate in my life that, like, don't take much energy or don't take much time but, like, keep me, like, level with Mm -hmm. God, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the things for me personally that really made that... um like really made it possible for uh, me to like strive in this spiritual way and kind of ignore the secular, like try to like keep it, you know, keep it at a distance is Mm -hmm. cutting out um, secular music. Like for me, that was something that completely changed my life. Like, cause you don't notice how much like what you listen to affects you until you stop listening to what you're listening to because you know, your subconscious takes up about 80% of, you know, what goes on in your brain. So, when 80% of what's going on in your brain is filled with, I mean, you just look, like, if you ever, like, look at the lyrics of some songs people listen to, you're like, dude, like, what is wrong with you? Like, there's so much, you know, and I think just having a clearer mind in that sense has kind of helped a lot in, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of just being, like, a more spiritual uh, person. Yeah, I agree. I think also, like, you don't think about it, but, like, just having like 10 to 20 minutes of like being silent in your room Mm -hmm. 
like that makes such a difference in like your brain being like less cluttered and like just being more mindful about God's presence in your life, you know? Yeah. So in a book uh, called Becoming a Healing Presence, mm. um, there's a section of it where it talks about like listening to your heart, like prayer, like a, a, one of the types of prayer, just sitting in absolute silence and just listening to your heartbeat. And you'll be surprised like how, like I try this, like you can't do it for more than two minutes. You'll, you'll literally go crazy. Yeah. It's so hard to just focus in and you feel like that you're just like transcending, you know, mm. your, your humanity completely. And it's so weird that like being so still and so silent is just so like foreign to us. Yeah. And it's so weird because like, you know, nature is just like that. And then for us with like everything we do in the world, to just sit back and just kind of, you know, let things sit, sit. It's just like, it's so hard to, to do it for more than like a minute. Yeah. I actually read a book. It's like one of my favorite books ever. It's called The Way of the Heart by Henry Nguyen. And he, like the premise of the book is like he takes that desert saying about St. Arsenius where it's like he like asks God like, oh, like, like, how can I be saved? And he says, flee, like he hears a voice saying to him, flee, be silent and pray always. So it's all about solitude and constant prayer and silence. And he actually says the same thing in the book. Like he talks about like, just being silent in your life for like five minutes and like it's like obviously at first it's almost impossible because like the thoughts just flood your brain and like it's like you can't control them but yeah I think like it's definitely a very spiritual experience just sitting in silence with yourself and that's something that like it's like it's weird because it requires no effort but it also requires like tremendous effort yeah so and it's I think it's something that as humans we neglect so much is that we always forget that we're not only physical beings but that we have a spirit and we have a soul mm. and I think we're so focused on the physical being the tangible things that and it's so cliche but we forget about the spiritual side it's just so true like you know when people say like you know sitting in silence for five minutes is so hard like think about like what percent of your day that is you know or people like you know can like you know habitual prayer is one of the hardest things to do it's one of the things that most christians struggle with like if you if you ask a lot of like a group of christians and you ask them to answer like like honestly like a lot like a big majority of them will say that their prayer life is is mediocre to none Mm. and it's like it's so weird because we're always talking about prayer 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 always pray and just like that's all you do and for whatever reason, it seems to be the one thing that we lack in the most. So it's really interesting, like the di- that, that dynamic between like, you know, us being physical beings and doing all these physical things, be going to church, you know, serving in this, and we're doing all these things just fine. But when it comes to the most intimate form of spiritual life, we forget that God almost exists. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a book. Um, Orthodox Prayer Life. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I've never, I've heard of it, but I've never read it. Yeah. In the introduction, the author says like, um, the most important part of this book is to lead you to prayer. So if you're reading and you feel compelled to pray, literally drop the book and go pray. And like, it's funny because you, you don't think about prayer like that. Like you're like, okay, I'm going to finish this task. And then like, I'll go start praying and like read this and this and this and pray the Igbeya and then I'll be done. Like you think of it as like a checkbox that you need to do, 
but you don't think of it in like the sense of like like it's just free flowing like when like like you can get the urge to pray and like just pray in that moment and that's prayer you know um so yeah it is very interesting like I, obviously the devil hinders us most in prayer because i feel like that's like you can learn all things in prayer you know I think mm-hmm. prayer is like not only where we find the most out about God, but it's where we find the most out about ourselves. Yeah, like definitely. You know, like when you pray, you you sit down and it's just like a lot, a lot of times you don't even know what to pray about, mm-hmm. and that's when you really figure out like who am I, mm-hmm. like as a person. And I think that you know you see a lot of teens having like identity crises and a lot of a lot of teens questioning the existence of God, both in the Catholic Church and outside of church. Um, and, you know, I remember um, back when I was a kid, uh, the diocese used to send out these, like, monthly, like, newsletters to, like, high school students called the Mighty Arrows. Mm. And it was, you know, so they had one for, like, elementary, one for middle, one for high. And I would always read the high school one as an elementary school kid because why not, I guess? So and, advanced. And I would always, I know, right? <laughs> and I would always see this question, like, you know, people, like, questioning God's existence. And as a kid, I was like, how could you question God's existence? Mm. Like, I will never get, <laughs> I remember, I literally remember the page itself thinking to myself, I will never think that thought. Mm. And it's like, nah, that happened. And I think, you know, as I was reading the page, you know, um, at the end of the, of the really long answer explaining why God should exist, the last, the, literally, so it was like a new paragraph, one word, pray. Mm. That was it. And for whatever reason that stuck out to me, and so when those questions started coming, when I started not doubting, but like questioning you know, in a good way, mm-hmm. you know, why, why does God exist? Why should, why is, should I believe what the Bible says? Prayer really, it, it makes you like, it, it almost like makes you wiser in a sense. Cause you, you like put out all the distraction, you put out all the noise and it's like, what do I really believe? Mm. And you find that what you really believe is the truth. And so it makes it a lot easier, I think, in prayer to figure out what you believe. Yeah, I mean, I agree. If that made I, any sense. Sorry, no, I get hard. it. Yeah, like, I think that's, I think that's the problem a lot of times, like, when people reach a certain age and they're, like, like, kind of, like, wondering why they should keep going to church or, like, feeling like there's no point. Like, it sucks, but the thing that's, like, usually missing is like that intimate like personal relationship with god because like and like i I, like i just moved in with two girls who are like non-copt non-egyptian um and like i i like constantly think about like how could i describe to them or like if i ever like i i think they're both like atheists or like some variation of atheism but like i think about all the time like how could i describe to them like why i believe in god I don't think I could, like, I don't think any scientific explanation or, like, logical reasoning would be sufficient to explain why, like, I believe in God and, like, why I come to church every weekend and, like, spend so much time here. Like, I feel like to them it's, like, there must be, like, a concrete reason, but it's it's just personal experience, like, and that's something that you can't share with someone. Like, it has to be experienced, like as an individual, like you yourself have to experience God. And that's the only thing that could tie you to him, you know? And that's why I think prayer is so important, not just prayer, but you know, there's a very big thing in orthodoxy where it's, you, 
you practice before you understand. Yeah. You do the thing before you understand why you do it. Mm. And it's, and it goes because you like, if I, t no matter what I tell you about why you should, you know, do go to communion or take communion, why you should confess why, no matter what I say, why you'll never understand, you know, what it really means or how it really affects you until you do it. Like, like when I say, when you go to confession and you say whatever, and you really feel that that burden is off. And it's not the same way how when you're talking to your friend and you say whatever, even if you say the same thing, like you can't describe, you know, what's that like, what that's like. And you have to really believe that when I confess my sin, that's it's it. That's yeah. it. It's gone. And in the same way, like when you pray, like, you know, God said, if you have a faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just shows how as humans, how much we doubt God. It shows how much we doubt God because if with a mustard seed we can move a mountain, then why can't any of my prayers be answered? It's, and it's honestly because we have less faith than a mustard seed. Mm. Like, in, like, just like picture that, like in our entire, like, like, cause I like to think of like, you know, your belief like starts in the heart and it like spreads around. Mm. Imagine how small that little, that little sprout is if it's smaller than a mustard seed. And that is sufficient enough, you know, for some people to go to heaven. Yeah. So, it just shows you like how much God really, really, really wants us to go to him when something smaller than a mustard seed can get us to heaven. Yeah. I like, I love that point. Cause it's like, um, like I feel like sometimes we think that God is like asking us for all these like really complicated and like hard asks, but like God is really not asking for that much from us. And he's like literally like looking for any excuse to like bring us to heaven, you know? And all those asks are like for our benefit. Yeah. Like all of those things that God is asking us to do is so that it's easier for us to go to him. It's something like when we were at the monastery, um, one of the monks uh, told us like that he has the easiest route to heaven. He, he has the easiest life, not the hardest one. Mm. Um, there's actually a sermon from uh, Father Lather Lazarus Elantoni, the guy like some he was a tourist in Egypt and decided to be a monk out of nowhere. It's a crazy <laughs> story, um, but he said like he only fights life in one front, the mental front. He's nothing to do with the physical world. Like the monks, they have the straight path. They know, like it's just like straight to that door. They know that they're just gonna walk right in, and we have the complex twist and turn, twist and turn, and we just have to try to stay on the on the, on the straight path. And it's like, you know, as Coptic Christians, we have it the easiest compared mm -hmm. to other sects of Christianity, compared to people who aren't even Christian, because we know exactly what to do mm -hmm. to get to heaven. And we still sometimes, you know, doubt the legitimacy of it or doubt that God really works. And it's like, you have all these examples in front of you. And it's just like, man, that's how small our faith is, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, it's just like, you know, like if faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain, imagine what, what a faith the size of like a, a tennis ball could do. Like, you know, it's obviously that doesn't make any sense, but, <laughs> it, but like it's, it. it's so, it's, it's so crazy, like how much God makes excuses for us. And mm. I think that through prayer, like, you know, if you ever think about like the most spiritual people, 
they're always like the simplest, the quietest, the most reserved. You know, something I think about in liturgy today, actually. Like, Pope Corollus was like, he was just, he was chilling. Like, he was, he was calm. Yeah. And he was so spiritual. Dude, dude was everywhere at once. He was appearing to people in visions. He was in multiple places at once. Like, and, you know, like, so it's, it's so weird how it's like, in silence, that's where God resides the most. And yet mm. we insist on suppressing that silence and increasing in the talk and talk. And obviously I'm talking on a podcast, so kind of hypercritical. <laughs> but in like the hustle and the bustle of the world and just yeah, going yeah. out and doing. So I've just never, yeah, that's crazy. But Yeah, like I, I like growing up, I struggled with that because like, I feel like when you read about the lives of the saints, a lot of them are like very quiet and like, silent and like harder and they like you know yeah. they just they're very simple people i was never like that like i'm very like i'll express my opinion like i'll say like <laughs> yeah so i was like oh like is it possible like can i also be a saint or do i have to be like super reserved and quiet and I mean, like, there are saints that are that talk a lot yeah so like i think like god definitely like in the silence that's where he is but i think it also doesn't take away from the fact that like god meets us like where we are like in our personalities and like in our tendencies you know um like i like love saint damiana because she was like not that like she was so aggressive and like literally told her dad like i would rather hear that you're dead than for you to renounce the faith which is like that is not like saint mary vibes yeah. you know saint mary was like quiet and like harder you know that is not the same vibe um i mean in the same way like pope Corlus like had his moments you know, not had his moments, not in a bad way, but you know, I read a story um, where there was uh, one time some dude uh, was going to assassinate him, and he like had the gun, and there was like security guys that overheard it, and they like went and stood next to the pope to make sure, and the guy was just sitting in the crowd, the guy that had the gun, and Pope Corollas, without anyone telling him, without anything, stood up, slapped the guy across the face, and told him, "Do what you're going to do right now." No. Or he, what he, he said something like, like. Um, like, how how dare you be in front of me? Like, just go ahead and do what you do. And the guy got so scared, he just ran away. Like, That's crazy. that level of, of, like, obviously that's not something a quiet person would do. Yeah. But, so there, there's obviously times to be firm. It, I think what it shows the most is that there are times where you need to be, like, you know, mm. straight up. And there's other stories about Pope Corlys. Like, I'm currently reading All That I Have Is Yours, mm. which is just all about Pope Corlys. The whole yeah, book yeah. is what it's about. You know, and, you know, he's known for knowing when to be gentle, when to be firm. So I think there's times for both, but there's a common theme through all the saints is that in their personal, intimate lives with Christ, I mean, it was silence. It Mm -hmm. was really, you know, and I think that it's something that silence is is like so underrated. Um, Like you ever just like drive home and with nothing on just, like it's, it's so, it's so like, it's even just relaxing in general. It's got nothing to do with the, you know, spiritual aspects of it. And I think that, you know, you know, uh, 79%, uh, some stat, like 79% of people get their best ideas in the shower. I mean, shower's not really quiet, but there's no one talking. It's just mm. the sound of the water. Yeah, yeah. Like, think about that. If 79% of people's thoughts come in the quietest moments in their lives, because for most people, that's the quietest time of their life. Yeah. I mean... How much more if you're just, you know, not saying anything? Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, not even just that. Like, in the shower, you're, like, 
like you might be thinking about like mm-hmm. like I want to invent this thing and like make a billion dollars and like that's your like good idea but like in like true silence of like your heart it's like you're just silent like no mm-hmm. like nothing you know like waiting for God to speak which is like like and a different level and that's where everything comes from yeah I, I kind of want to talk about like the God uh, like how God speaks mm-hmm. uh, topic a little bit because it's something that you know is very very interesting because obviously God I mean to some people but God does not you know come down to the average Joe and just say stuff to him that's yeah. not you know how that works so you know hearing God's voice I think it, first off it comes through silence and it comes through an immense amount of awareness that I think that most people including myself like don't have at all um, I heard a uh, before uh, Abuna Nate one time giving us a, a little at a retreat giving us a talk and he said that you know God's voice throughout the day is like pieces to a puzzle Mm. except someone took a leaf blower and blew the puzzle everywhere. You know, you might get something from your dad in the morning, from some random kid at school you never talked to in the middle of the day. You might get a couple pieces, you know, from your bus driver. You might get a piece from, you know, from something you read in your school book. And it's like, it's like, like, what are you talking about? But if you really think about it, like, the amount of awareness that takes to take this, 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 and put a puzzle together, mm. I mean, it, it's like just so, it's so beautiful. The fact that God wants to talk to us. So he comes down to where we are and he talks to us through people, you know, that are around us. And it's so many times we just want God to just like straight up, just tell us when it's like he is, we just have to like look for it. And I think that it kind of plays in our favor because if we were told, you know, all the time, Sorry, if we were told all the time what God's will is for us, you know, we wouldn't have any free will. Mm. We have to choose to, to, to align our will with God's will. So if we choose to listen to what people are telling us, then we can choose our, our will to align with God's will instead of being like, oh, what's God's will? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think also what's nice about like what you said is like... You can also choose to see God in everything or yes, you can yes. choose to not see him in anything. Like you can go through your whole day, just like an average day at school or work or whatever, and like come home and have had the most spiritually enriching day or have the same exact day, but like just like feel like you haven't seen God at all. And I feel like that's all in our power. Like mm-hmm. when you like choose to see like, for example, like coincidences or like like if you're if your bus is late and you're like late for class, like you like can choose to like spiritualize that or like see God in that situation, or you can just like see it as an inconvenience and like your day is like already off to a bad start and it, like puts you in a bad mood. Um, but like I think that's what's so nice about like, and that's what's like also like in a monastery. It's like different in that sense, but like in the in the in the world, like you can see, you can choose to see God in like all the mundane, like secular things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'll say like, even in an acad- from an academia perspective, mm. I mean, you sit in biology class, like just think about like how a cell works, like, like what? Like yeah. that's God did that. Like that's crazy. Yeah. You know, you think about you know calculus and the way how physics works, and you just sit there and think for a second, like. Like, God had all this creation to do, and he sat here, and he, 
you know, made sure this detail was correct. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make any sense, you know? And even when you look at, you know, scientific theories of, um, you know, because science backs up um, God to a certain extent, um, except there's a faith aspect, but everything that's scientifically proven by science backs up God's existence and what the church says and everything, but that's another story. Um, but like, even you think about like, the universe is expanding, like, what, like, you can't even, like, that doesn't even make sense logically. Like, your brain cannot process that information. Yeah. So, just to think that God is doing all these things simultaneously, eternally, forever, the, the past, the future, the present, all at once. Time is so, you know, intertwined. Everything falls, you know, for us at the right time. Like, that doesn't, how does that work, you know? Yeah. I was literally just at the aquarium with my friends, and, like, I was... Like, we have a good aquarium in New Jersey, but, like, the one in Georgia is, like, crazy. I mean, it's the world's biggest aquarium. But. I, like, didn't know that. But I was I was shook, like, going inside. And, like, me and my friend Mina were, like, walking through, like, just, like, a normal, like, fish area. Like, there was no, like, big animals or anything. It was just normal fish. And we were looking at the fish and how, like, detailed they were. Like, these tiny fish are so, mm-hmm. like, intricately detailed. And I'm, like why like it tells you so much about god that like these fish are so detailed because it's like what like why would he even bother like go to the microscopic level i mean yeah the atom itself the Mm. the nucleus the proton has components to it yeah that somehow make it like you know it's it's crazy stuff like that i mean the way how dna works the way how you know you know dna gets replicated with rna and like yeah. Like, if you really think about it, like, it doesn't make sense. And it's like, I think, like, I like I hear people say all the time, like, oh, like, God doesn't care about, like, what you're going to eat for breakfast. Like, God doesn't care about all these. Like, no, I think he actually does care. Like, I think God cares about all the extremely minute details in our life. And, like, you can tell because of, like, how detailed he's made everything. Like, like leaves. Like, how, like detailed and colorful and like Mm -hmm. like it's just not he like he is a god of like small details i mean snowflakes yeah like there's literally not two snowflakes that are the same or maybe that's disproven i don't know but even if there are two that are the same how many snowflakes have fault yeah like you know it's crazy to think that god created and then it goes to the the question people are like oh no god didn't do that it's like okay Mm. (laughs) sure yeah i mean i don't know like like, I just feel like every encounter with nature, like, anytime I'm on a hike or, like, just on a walk or, like, in the ocean or whatever, like, I feel like it's all, and, like, this is in the wisdom of Sirach, too, which is, like, the Bible's timeless. Um, like, all of nature, like, points to God as the creator. So, like, it boggles my mind, like, how people can, like, go out into nature and, like, not believe in intelligent design. Like, how how can you believe that this all just, like, came about like spontaneously I mean, yeah. and yeah. in the same way like I, and if it came out spontaneously i mean that's there's just too many things that had to go right yeah there's way too many things that had to go right yeah and it doesn't make sense you know um but like we literally sit in this behalf for hours and tell every single thing that could ever exist to praise god mm. i mean 
We say the sun and the moon, the stars, the trees, the plants. I'm pretty sure we say the rocks a couple times. Yeah. Like non-living, living, no matter what. Mm. Praise God. And it's it's so weird because like a lot of times like we just sit through Tzbaha. I go to Tzbaha all the time. You just like never think about it. You never really pray, which is, goes back to the prayer thing. You never really pray it for those things. Or you never really like believe that those things praise God. But, you know, if you ever actually do like i mean it changes your whole outlook on life yeah i mean i think like it goes back to like how we can make our whole life like centered around god because like literally everything can be like theological like everything can be like a praise of god you know if you just like choose to see it that way and like that's what's so nice is it's like in our hands to like be like daily encountering god or not you know yeah, and a lot of people, like, in the church, out of the church, say it's like, oh, it's not that deep. Like, don't think... And I, I for, for me personally, I always get... I, I always get kind of ticked off when people do that because it's just like, like, okay, cool, it's not that deep, but, like, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it really is. And there's so much value in being... in seeing things at such, at such a detailed level. Um, and there's so much value at, at believing that every single thing has a purpose. I think a lot of people nowadays kind of believe that not everything has a purpose, even their own actions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how could you do something that doesn't have a purpose? How could you believe that not everything has a purpose? You know, that, that it doesn't, doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a difficult existence to live. Like if things you do don't have purpose, like I don't, like i think that's the like deeply rooted issue in a lot of like belief systems that have like arisen arose today um that like things like you can't do things that don't have purpose like what would be the point of you doing it you know so like that like god gives purpose to everything that we do and I, I, it's just like the same thing over and over again. Like I, I feel like there are so many holes, not holes, but like disappointments in atheism, and like just like lack of belief belief in God. That I'm like, why? Like why live like with all those disappointments? Like why live a life where like you just disappear when you die? You know, or like you, there's no like real meaning to like afterlife or whatever. Like you know, like why not live a life where you like look forward to like a happy joyful afterlife I mean, in everything we do in our temporary life we look forward to something yeah. so why wouldn't we look forward to something after our temporary life yeah you know it's like a it's like how did you how did you forget that part type mm-hmm. of thing but you know a, a lot of logical debates these days kind of forget about logic and they kind of look they forget about history you know because i mean whatever though that's that's another discussion um yeah but like and, and i think that like part of that you know comes through prayer right mm. it's kind of weird because a lot of people want to understand before they pray but you need to pray before you understand it goes back to like that understanding before you're doing so it's like this really interesting predicament so like what would you say to people that are like kind of on the fence about praying because i will say Developing a habit of prayer is almost scary because mm. it's like 
For developing a habit of living a righteous life when you were not living a righteous life is really scary because it's like you're going into the unknown. Yeah. You're so used to these habitual sins or, you know, not praying or not reading the Bible. And it's like once you commit to it, now you have to do it. And it's like scary to like make that commitment. So like what would you say to someone who's like struggling through that? I mean, like I wouldn't like... I don't, I don't know how to pray, but, like, this is what I've heard from, like, people who pray. Like, I think God is flexible. And, like, a lot of times we, like, we'll try to put him in a box and, like, tell ourselves that, like, this is the way that God wants me to be with him. Obviously, in certain things, like, there's a right way. Um, and, like, the church teaches us the right way. Like, for example, communal prayer or, like, the sacraments. But I think, like in the core, like in our heart of hearts, like when we want to be with God. Um, I mean, like we were saying, like he's very like, he's literally just like looking for any excuse to like be with us and to have a relationship with us. So I feel like it just starts in little things. Like, um, and like we tell this to like Sunday school kids, like if you can't pray like the whole hour of the Igbeya, like you start with a Psalm or like, like, we were talking with this girl um, who, like, she was telling us she doesn't read the Bible at all. She, like, doesn't, like, have time or doesn't see, like, why, like, what the point of it is. So we were telling her, like, okay, like, how about just start with literally one verse? And, like, you, you wouldn't think that that's the right way to do it. But, like, I think prayer is the same way. Like, you just start small and, like, you start with the intention and then, like, God continues with you the rest of the way. And, like, it grows and grows. And, like, obviously all of us, I think, like, I think most of us struggle with prayer. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because we put it in, like, a box and make it, like, a task that, like, we have to do in order to be, like, good with God. But it's, like, it's just something, it should be something that, like, <sighs> comes from your desire after you've, like formed the habit like what you said like it's not gonna be like oh i love prayer and i'm gonna stand and pray all hours of the egbeya from like the beginning of my spiritual journey like it's just not gonna work but i think the intention is like what gets you going and like the discipline like just being disciplined with yourself and like continuing even when you don't feel it and yeah. like that's the thing like we've gotten so used to like prayer being like prayer should be like this like really mystical like experience where you feel god and like god like basically like showers grace on you and like prayer is not like that and like mother Teresa, like towards the end of her life um like i don't remember how many years she was like she wrote in her autobiography that she like never heard god at all she was just like going about her spiritual life as it was like just never hearing god and never feeling like he was there at that point i think like she was mature enough in her spiritual life to like just know that god is there but not choosing to reveal himself to her in like a specific way mm. um but yeah yeah i mean i think like this is a really good example of mother Teresa. i think that a lot of times god kind of kind of make, makes us feel like that he abandoned us mm. to make us desire 
to, to, to see if, to, not to see, he knows, but to make us like within ourselves, see if, do we really desire this connection? Or is it just something that mom and Bob are telling us? Like, do we really want to? And I think, you know, as, uh, as someone who's like exiting high school, entering college, just starting serving Sunday school, like I'm at this really interesting time in life where it's like, this is this right here is the transition from one chapter to to a new one, mm. you know. Not even one section of a book to a new section, you know. It's a completely different type, like it's like kid to adult type of thing. So, and it's interesting. It's really interesting. Like, you know, like especially now when it comes to you know where am I gonna, where am I going to go to college? You know, what's that going to look like? like? That's like a big time. People are like, oh, what's God's will? And for me, like, I feel like. What's God's will is going to be what is going to be obvious. It's 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 going to show itself if I really believe that it will. At least is what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that it's it's you know, and a lot of people, I don't know. I think they they look too far into it. They try they try too hard to look for God's will. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That they kind of forget that. You know, they have an intellect and in that they can figure out what God's will is. Yeah, I think like. Like, we as Christians overcomplicate God's will, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, and, like, Abuna Anthony Paul has, like, a really g- 